You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. So I'm going to get right into it because I think I have more content than I have time. So I'm excited about this. So we're going to we're going to get right into it. So the title of my message tonight, if you're taking notes and you might want to because I have some points, I'm going to go through four points and then some things at the end. So it's called a new hope, a new hope. All right, and so I'm going to talk about four things that hope is, and then we're going to talk about some blockages to hope at the end, and then we're going to do some ministry around that. So the first one, hope propels us. It activates us and helps us to advance. It gives us a glimpse of the future so that we know what we're, we're going after. And I'm going to talk about, we're going to go to Exodus, if you have your Bibles, Exodus 6, 6 through 7. So here we are. It's the Israelites that have been in Egypt and they've been in slavery and God is talking to Moses and he's about to go in and tell Pharaoh these things. So here we go. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will free you from their bondage. I will redeem and rescue you with an outstretched, vigorous, powerful arm and with great acts of judgment against Egypt. Then I will take you for my people, and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who redeemed you and brought you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. And so that he tells to Moses, and then he's like, okay, now go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And I love this because... You know, in the Lisa version, he's like, okay, this is what's going to happen, but there's going to be some hard things that are going to happen to these people too. And the hard thing for those people is they didn't really get the word from God. They weren't talking to God in the burning bush. They, they just had to trust, right? So all these people are like, okay, you know, this, there's, there's these plagues that are coming. There's all of these things that are coming and th- there's all these things they had to walk through and they had to trust. They had to trust their leader. But what are, what are some goals or um, even prophetic words or dreams that, that you've been told or God has told you that haven't, you haven't seen fulfilled yet? I mean, the Israelites, they were in slavery for 430 years, and it's not going to take that long, but, but, but it's not a no. It may just be a not yet. Like maybe we don't know why it hasn't happened yet right? It's a delay is not a no, but hope sets our mind not on the problem, but on the promise so that we can keep going and moving forward. And it doesn't discourage us. Amen. So it's time to get moving and, and let's hope can help us do that when we say, okay, well, you promised this is where we're going and it's time to move. All right. The second thing that hope is, is hope is contagious. It inspires and lifts. And we see this um, all the time in Awakened Church, just even around our every week, you hear a testimony around the tithe message, around giving, around finance. You hear people having breakthrough. You ha- you see, um, you know, at men and women's prayer, you hear miracles about marriages coming back together, healings, you know, all of these things. And so we keep testimonies at the forefront of, of what we do as a church, because when you tell your testimony, testimony and someone hears that, then it encourages them and gives them faith to believe for the same thing, you know, and they, they're like, well, if they, if it happened to them, then maybe it can happen for me. Just maybe, but that's that little sliver of hope, that little 
glimpse of hope can could shift in someone and then they might start believing actually maybe you know I can have a healthy marriage maybe I can be set free from addiction maybe I can be healed that that diagnosis well maybe you know I heard someone else being healed of cancer maybe I can be healed of cancer and so we always want to be telling the um, telling our stories and that's the most powerful tool that we have and so hope is contagious faith so so when you hear that you know it inspires us and and gives us courage for ourselves and I just love that during this time, our, we have the most courageous pastors, Pastors Jurgen and Leanne. I, I think in America, yes, let's clap for them. They have led the way and paved the way for not only our church, but other churches. So every time they, they speak out on their social media or on the news, they, um, you know, KUSI is like, why is your church open? And don't, aren't you worried about this and that? And they're like, well, we care for the people. We care for their mental health. They need Jesus, you know, all these things. And other, other pastors are watching that thinking, well, why aren't we open? You know, what, what, what's our stance? Like, are they, you know, and so I, this is also like contagious. It's, it's, it's like, wow, I'm seeing what they're doing. Maybe I can do this too. And, and honestly, we need to be praying for Pastor Jurgen Leanne still, because they're like the tip of the spear, like piercing through we're behind following. So it's easy for even Michael and I to follow. Cause it's like, well, yeah, they, they're leading and we are like in agreement and supporting from behind, but they're really the ones that are, are leading the way and, um, have to make the hard decisions. And, and so it's just, so amazing to watch during this time, the courage. And if in, it's probably not easy to find on the news, but if you look on social media, you'll see groups of people standing up for truth. Stand, I, I know I'm preaching to the choir here. You guys, you guys know what I'm talking about, but you'll see people standing up and, and they'll stand up with, with, um, to say a courageous thing. And then there's other people that say, Oh my gosh, I agree. And then there's more. I agree. I agree. And there's, and it just grows in numbers. Um, just this past Monday, um, Michael, um, he, he, um, at his work, he's facing a, you know, little situation that he might may or may not have a job after December 7th or something. But uh, on Monday they had a town hall meeting and there was the CEO and the president of his aerospace company was there and they were talk answering questions about the mandate and Michael had you know he had decided a week earlier that he if there was an opportunity he was going to say something at that town hall and so he went he reserved a spot he went took the, his time he was praying and you know fasting all week for that and at the very end he got he got to stand up and I only heard about it I wasn't there but he got to stand up and and say something in front of all these people and people watching online and it was just so amazing so proud of you for doing that you're so amazing yeah yeah you're awesome um, but he doesn't share those things online because he's like a pretty private person, but I'll share from the pulpit. So. <laughs> I'm like, I should tell people. He's like, I don't want to tell people. I'm like, I'll tell people. 
But anyway, what was powerful about that? So the CEO and the other guy, he didn't really, they didn't really respond to what he said. They kind of acknowledged it. But other people, dozens of people after were messaging him, emailing him, calling him, reaching, reaching out on Facebook saying, thank you for doing that. You were so courageous. I'm glad I'm not alone. So sometimes you don't know because people feel so isolated that they don't, they don't actually know that other people feel the same. And so just for him standing up and being courageous, like, wow, there's someone else that thinks like me. Oh my gosh. I felt so isolated. And so, so it was such a, a beautiful picture where, where he was able to help people in his company. And even on the online thread, one guy was like, Oh, he's a pastor or as a lady who's like, Oh, he's a pastor. And they're like, so after, after the town hall, people were like, Oh, sorry. <laughs> Like, oh, he must know about religious exemptions, all these things. So, hey, come to church. Invite him to church. It'll be good. But but as Christians, we are meant to be dispensers of hope. So we need to be speaking out, encouraging, you know, and, and just us stepping out in faith and saying something like that. I mean, that could that could change someone's whole trajectory and whole mindset. So we need to be doing more of that. So good job, babe. So good. All right. So the next, it kind of ties into the next one. Hope gives us strength. Martin Luther King Jr. says, God's hope gives us strength when life is more than we can bear. Oh my goodness. And Proverbs 18.10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are saved. So when we get a word from God and we step out, then, then we have um, a strength. We have a, we have a um, courage we have a an identity, and we go for it. And so in Romans 8.31, it says, If God is for us, who and what can be against us? And, and hope, it, it's like a dream for a better tomorrow. Like, what is the why? why? What motivates us? Like, why do we need strength? It's to do the hard things that maybe we don't want to do. It's maybe having those conversations. Like, maybe there's a toxic relationship, or um, maybe it's your spouse that you need to have a conversation with, but you, but that gives us faith and courage to have those conversations in the hope that it would restore and, and get better. Like, it's like not ignoring it. It's, it's the hope that actually this could help them. And so that's, that's where we as Christians can really shine. It's like, actually, I know this is hard and I know this, um, you know, but, but God, I have peace about it. I know this is the right thing and God's given me courage and given me strength and I'm going to go for it. And, and this is where it also gets tricky because this is where we battle in our mindset. This is like where our thoughts can override us. So we overthink things like, oh my gosh, well, what if I stand up? And then, you know, and you start thinking all these things that, that try to talk you out of being courageous. And, um, so you've got the end picture, but then you, you start thinking, oh my goodness, what if this happens? Or what if it's not received well? Or, you know, and we can set ourselves up for victory and defeat, like in our minds before anything even happens. And, and so this is where, um, we need to start like retraining our mind. And Dr. Caroline Leaf, she has really great material on this. She talks about how the mind and, um, the brain are actually separate and she, she studies traumatic brain injury people and, and 
historically they've said, oh, if their brain is damaged, they can't recover. Well, she's proven that you can, that the mind can re reorganize the brain and it can function well. And so as we train our thoughts, the Bible says to take every thought captive. And so anything that comes in, we filter it. It's like, is this from God? Is this, what is this thought coming from? And if it's not from God, we discard it. Okay. And through that, we can start retraining our thoughts. And Proverbs says, for as a man thinks, so is he. So, but this takes discipline and it's not always fun. And the thing about mine thoughts is you're the only one who can do that. <laughs> no one else knows what you're thinking or what you're struggling with. And I feel like that's why mental health is such an interesting thing because it's like, you can't, it's hard, you know, it's happening in here. So even though you try to explain it to someone, like it's not the same, like your internal dialogue, no one can even clean that up except for yourself, you know, and God will help you if you ask him and he can, he can help you with that, but you're actually responsible for your own uh, thoughts. So that's an important one. And We'll help you with that tonight if you need some help with that. Yeah. In Romans 12, 12, it says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. So that's the th that's still part of this mindset thing is what does your prayer life look like? Do, what do we turn to when we start to have those thoughts? You know, do we, do we bring our petitions and struggles to, to the cross into prayer? And what do we do with those things? So, and that can also... Um, you know, dash our, our, our hope or advancement. We can, it's, it's how we think about it. All right. So the next one, hope is an anchor. It is secure and movable, but not anchored in the ground. It anchored in God. And I had a revelation about that a few years ago that when it's like hope is an anchor. Hebrews 619. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. So hope is an anchor. And I'm like, and I'm so, so visual. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Why would it be like, why would I have an anchor? Like, that means I'm not moving. And then God was like, no, like, just reverse it. Is the anchor in me? I'm like, okay, that makes much more sense. Um, but I'm so practical, like, in my mind, I need the picture. So I'm like, anchor, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, so, yeah, thank you, Holy Spirit. So... Yeah. But when I went through a hard time or it was like a family problem thing that happened maybe like eight years ago. And I remember that Hillsong song anchor came out or was popular then. And I had that song on repeat. The words say, you know, his word isn't failing his promise and shaking. All my hope is in you. And I listened to that over and over and over. And it was, it was the hope I needed. Like in that song, I like borrowed my hope from that song and stood on that word and, and believed those words and, it, and just like cried them out to God. Like my hope is in you, God. I do not see a way out of this. I do not see how this is going to work out, but my hope is in you. And that's all I can manage right now. <laughs> oh my goodness. So when we, um, it reminds me when we, we just went to Catalina Island for our staff retreat and they had a big zip line. Everyone got to do like different activities and they had like a big zip line thing. And I don't know why, but the older I get, the more like, I don't know if I get like vertigo or weird with heights or something. So the first one was like way at the top and it spans this like huge Canyon and the ocean's like way that way. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, and it's the longest one too. At the, Cause as the Canyon narrows, it kind of goes down. And so I was like, I I'm like, I'm going first because I don't know if, if I don't go, I don't know if I'm going to go. And so I, I like took off and I like closed my eyes and I'm just holding onto the thing. And, um, you know, I knew that I wasn't going to fall. I mean, there's like literally 
literally two cables that can hold thousands of pounds, you know, holding me up. But it was just the thought of like stepping out and, but, but the picture I have here with, with God is that even though I step out, like I can close my eyes and just know that I'm going to go to the right place. (laughs) Even I don't have to do anything. Right. Thank you, Jesus. Like I end up, I end up right where he's intended me. So even if you have to do with your eyes closed, it's okay. Like it's okay. But I have to tell you, so as I, there's like five zip lines, as I went down, it got easier to trust and it got easier to step off. And by the end I had my eyes open and I could like enjoy the scenery, right? Progress. Right. I know. So that's, I feel like that's what happens with God. It's like, okay, time to step off. It's like, I, I don't know. So, and, but each time you do it, it gets easier because we know we're anchored to him. And when we tether ourselves to him, then we, we can't fall. Like you, you can also picture it as like a life fest. It's like you strap on to Jesus strap them on and then the wind comes and the waves come and you're on the ocean, but you're going to stay up because he's with you. Even though the the storm looks scary, like he's not going to let you fall. But I mean, we get, I mean, it's scary sometimes. And, and so that's when I just close my eyes. You can do what I do, but it's okay. I think God is okay with that because I'm still, I'm clinging to him and trusting in him. So if you need to do that to get through, do it. It's fine. You're going to be fine on the other end. And one day you'll like it. It'll be fun. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to head back to Exodus for the next, the next passage of scripture. And this passage, I love this, this one kind of surprised me when I read it. And that's why I had to add it in. Cause it, it like God highlighted it to me. All right. So Exodus 13, 17, when Pharaoh finally let his people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory. Even though that was the shortest route to the promised land, God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Oh my goodness. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness, wandering around towards the Red Sea. And by day, the Lord went ahead of them as a pillar of cloud to guide them. And by night, a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Then the Lord turned to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near the sea. Um, They are to encamp near the sea directly opposite these places. Pharaoh would think the Israelites are wandering around in the land of confusion. This is so funny that God has said all this. This is why I was laughing to myself. Hemmed in, that, they're, that they're wandering around confused, hemmed in by the desert. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them. But I will get, gain, gain the glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am Lord. So the Israelites did this. So I feel, I love that this passage of scripture is in there for one, because God always has a plan and he knows what he's doing, even though it might not look like what we think. I think it's so funny that he, that he had them wandering around and cause it's in that Egypt song that we're singing about the clouds and everything and, and fire. He has this, he has them wandering around so that people, they look confused. I mean, could you imagine what those, the Israelites thought? Like, where's Moses leading us? What, what are we doing? Like, and, and, um, I just think it's so funny. And I feel like also though, that you can find yourself camped at that place next to the sea, desert around you, enemy behind you, a sea this way. And you're like, there's no boat. There's no way around where like, it seems like a dead end. It seems like a dead end. And it, it just seems like, you know, 
what's happened? <laughs> and and um, there's there was a time in my life where I felt like this, and this is part of my testimony I'm going to share. Like uh, right after college, I had accomplished all the things that I felt like I wanted to, and then I graduated college early, in fact, and then I was like, what do I, what am I doing? And I I fell into depression. I I felt like. I don't know what's the next step. I didn't know what to do. I didn't really have many friends because I graduated a year early, so all my friends were still in college. I moved back home with my parents, and all it was like this perfect storm, and it had me like, I do not know what to do right now. And I was working, and so I was able to do that. But I would literally come home from work, sit on the couch, and watch the Padres game and every, like every day that they were on. And I would just sit there. I didn't feel like going out. I didn't feel like, you know, and, and so that was like a dark time for me. And looking back, it wasn't, it wasn't even that like I felt sorry for myself. I just felt like I didn't know what to do. And I felt stuck. And I felt like I was, I was sitting by this Red Sea and I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And um, I just think that it, it's interesting because... I don't know if you caught that, but God cares about our mental health. Like he said in that scripture that he didn't want to take them the shortest route because if they faced a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Like that's, he's thinking, well, I don't want them to, to that's their, that's, he, he didn't trust their thinking. So he's like, well, I could take them the easy way, but then they might not make it. And so I'm actually going to make them wander for a while so that, that they can, um, like find me. And actually he brought, he, so that he could actually part the sea for them and do a miraculous miracle. Like, it's so amazing. It's so amazing. Oh my goodness. I just love that. Like the, the, that God, you know, he never leaves us. And, and during that time, you know, I, obviously I'm, I, I, and I remember before I was thinking one day I'm going to share that, that I was in that dark place. And, um, you know, it wasn't like a Red Sea splitting that I came out of it, but obviously I came out of it. I think it was, a lot of it was just like practical things. Like I, I made myself do things like it was discipline. I had to make myself make friends, go out, like take steps. Like a lot of it is that, um, you know, and, yeah. And, and so it was a journey for a couple years. Um, but when we have something that is blocking our hope that there's, there's things that like, we can't see hope because there's something that is in the way. And, and so depression is one of those things, um, in mental health and the, you know, you fall into depression when you feel hopelessness, when you don't see that there's a way out or there's an answer. Some other blocks to hope could be feeling unworthy, like thinking that would never happen for me. I know they got their miracle, but that couldn't happen to me or I don't deserve this. Um, another blockage would be ungratefulness. Like if I only had this, or if, if this would have worked out for me, or if that person would have stayed, um, or feeling alone that no one notices me or understands how I feel. But these are all thoughts and emotional thoughts that we have that, that block the hope 
because we can't see it. Like we, because when we are having these, these thoughts and, and I want to pray for anyone that has these thoughts on the, at the end, because it's real. And I've, I've been there and, and sometimes there's no way out except for like, you, we need to break through and, and God's going to come and meet you there. Um, but, but we know that God can help us. And luckily we live in the post Jesus time. So we don't need a stick to, to split the Red Sea. We have Jesus. So my last point is Jesus is our picture of hope. You know, the Israelites had a cloud by day to follow, but, but in a, in the fire at night, but we have a cloud and fire as well. He's called the Holy spirit and he lives with us and he guides us and he won't lead us astray. And so I'm so thankful. Like when I look at the cross, I'm thankful every sin, every mistake, every sickness, every broken thing on this earth, he's already paid the price for and, and redeemed it and, and take it, taken that burden. So if we are feeling hopeless in right now, like just close your eyes and just picture him there. Like God sent his son. He cares so much. He sent his son to redeem us and help us with all of these things that we struggle with her here on earth. He knows, he knows what the struggles are here. Like he, he cared about the Israelites, you know, he, he took them a different direction. So he came to set us free and, and in this church, and we, we don't want you to stay in that place of hopelessness or stay in that place that, that is keeping us from crossing over into our promised land. That's, that's what we're here for. We're here to help you and introduce you to Jesus and, and pray for you and believe with you. Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that the power of the Holy spirit, you may abound in hope. It's just so beautiful that, um, you know, he'll meet us in that place. And I just, I'm just so thankful that, that in my life, whenever I faced a tough situation and each time it's gotten a little easier because it's like, okay, God, like we've, we've been through this before. We've gotten through this before. I know we can do it again. So there's been maybe like three situations in my life where, where I've come to that red sea and was asking God to split the sea. And, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's sometimes, well, you guys know, um, lost my mom a few years ago. So sometimes, you know, you don't get the answer this side of heaven of, of, and, and we don't know why, but, but God, you know, has, has been there for me, has encouraged me, walks with me and, and, um, has strengthened me to have courage and have faith to step out each and every time. And, and so it's just so, so beautiful what God does and, and the picture that, that he has for us. So, so we're going to go to everyone stand now. Thank you, Jesus. I just thank you for this place. I thank you for each and every person here. And I, I really feel that tonight, I feel like there's people here that whether they've shared it with a friend or not, that there's these thoughts that are in their mind or that they've been tormented with or have been living with their whole life. And it's time to to break free of those thoughts and it's time to move past and, and get over those things that have been holding you back and things that have been, um, you know, that you've camped next to the Red Sea for too long. And tonight, I really feel like that, that God is going to split the sea and you're going to walk through in victory, that God has already paid the price that you're already victorious. You just have to believe it and, and have hope that, that your today, your tomorrow is going to be better to today than your today. And, and that was, that was so important for part of my journey too.
you is that that I kept thinking like in in my dark days like oh my goodness I don't want to be like this when I'm 60 it sounds so weird that I was thinking that even but I'm like am I going to be like this my whole life well I'm living proof okay that you don't need to stay there that you can change that you can grow that you can do things God has called you to do that you don't need to stay in that place and God can set you free from fear anxiety depression all of these things so we're going to invite the ministry team up um, tonight and we're going to pray for anyone that has has any or that needs hope or that has something that's been blocking them to receive hope. And if you haven't and if you haven't met Jesus, then now is a great opportunity because we don't want to walk through this life with, without him strapped on. <laughs> so if that's you too, we would love to pray with you. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.